morning, and it is Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. Watch out, brothers, so that there won't be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that departs from the living God. But encourage each other daily, while it is still called today, so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. All right. Today's lesson is on, again, kindness. Appreciate that. And um, that information. And what we want to talk about today, again, is the practicality. Let's put this always into practice somehow. In other words, how do we actually live out these lessons as opposed to just being hearers of the word and not doers of them? So let's figure out some practical ways that we can do this throughout this lesson. And God's, let God's Holy Spirit work in your own heart and life. As we look through this, Ephesians 4:32. Someone read that for me. Kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Excellent. So, in other words, here we are. Be kind and compassionate to one another. How do you do that? Okay. In other words, let's say someone hurts you. Okay. They say something that bothers you, that offends you. That you don't like. That you know, it's like that. That should have been said. Now, obviously, Matthew 18 says the person who's offended should go to that person privately. This is not something you put on Instagram. Blue Whiters, you know, as a jerk. You know, <laughs> you go to them privately and, and say, you know, hey, that bothered me, and you you say those types of things, and you confront the situation. The person who offended should be at that point. Would you forgive me? Okay, kindness. And compassionate, being compassionate and kind, shows itself in being forgiving. If you don't have a forgiving heart, if you're going, you know what, no, I can't forgive them. You're not being kind and compassionate the way God created you to be. It's designed through his spirit if you're a follower of Christ. Now that may be the spirit and the attitude of a non-believer, but if you're a follower of Christ... That, again, that doesn't mean that you're going to fix them or change them, okay? But when they ask for forgiveness, we give it, okay? Just as Christ forgave you. Could you imagine Christ, you going to Christ and go, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me. No, <laughs> jerk. You have done that same sin 143 times. And you want me to forgive you again? I don't think so. Now think about that. Imagine if that's the way God communicated. Okay? And then we go, okay, what about, you know, God, how many times do we forgive? 70 times 7. Well, that means 70 times 7 is 490. 90. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's all in there. It's pretty close. Well, at 491, you go, eh, loser. you ever get to the place in your life where you go, God, you won't forgive me anymore because I've already asked for this at least 20 times? How can God demand of us to forgive somebody else 490 times, but he won't forgive us 21? Think about that. Living the golden rule from God's perspective. In other words, you do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Kindness. Living out kindness through the golden rule. What, what's the golden rule, right? 
The golden rule is a horizontal relationship. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Okay? So I should do to others the way you would want them to do to you. How do you want people to treat you? Do you want them to be kind or rude? You want them to be kind, okay? The Apostle Paul expanded that idea from God's perspective. We should do to others as God has done for us, okay? You saw this in the initial verse, but now Colossians 3.13. Someone read that for me. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So if you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Now, I want you to just take a moment and ask the question, how has God forgiven you? Now, how many of you in here would like uh, to come up on stage and confess your sins, everything you've done before the, the audience, the, for the, you know, the congregation here, whatever, the, our class? Would anyone like to do that? I would like to confess all of my intimate sins my thoughts, my motives, before everybody. Anybody? Me first. Me first. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll confess my first sin. I'm a liar. I've never sinned. So in other words, if I'm going to let people do it to others as I have them do it to you, forgive, he says, as you have been forgiven. In other words... The golden rule is horizontal, this way. But now he expands it and goes, okay, don't just be kind the way people have been kind to you. Because sometimes we start thinking in our heads, well, you know what? I haven't had that many people be kind to me. In fact, they've been very rude. Sometimes they bullied, and sometimes they said things that are rude and disrespectful. So I don't have to be kind to them because I'm to treat others as the way they treated me. And Paul reminds us, no, 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 no. We forgive. We do things the way the Lord has done to us. Has the Lord been kind to you? Can I get a witness? Can someone share this morning how God has been kind to you? Yes. morning say amen. amen that's a witness right how else how has God been kind to you Yeah. Um, but 
few years ago, the Lord just gave me a vision of what my life would have been like, or could have been like, if I had not been a child of God. And just imagining, you know, maybe some of the friends I developed along the way and then drifted away from, and just, I don't know, just had the sense for what it could have been like. And it, he really gave me a, a sense of what I was saved from, right? Yeah. Even though I wasn't living that life, but that he could have been that way. Yeah. And just filled me with thankfulness for his kindness. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I could testify to that in so many different ways. But by the grace of God. Uh, I mean, just on and on, the memories of God's kindness to me when I was foolish or could have been very foolish, you know, and the decisions could have been life altering, etc. What does it mean to be kind? Kindness is the quality of being friendly. <laughs> the Bible says if you're going to have friends, you've got to show yourself. What does it mean to be friendly? Other than an ice cream store? It's kind of friendly. Huh? To go out of your, your way for somebody? What does it mean to be friendly? Put other people first. Okay, putting other people first. Exactly, a smile. You know how smiles can be contagious? Can you can you really? <laughs> What's your name? Oh, Terrence. Terrence, yeah, thanks, Terrence. I love it because I intentionally am looking at Terrence and I just smile. And it's all it's kind of awkward to sit there and go when someone's smiling at you. <laughs> and, and, and he smiled. And it was like, it's contagious. You know? How can you, you just can't be grumpy around somebody smiling? It's like I have an argument with somebody. In a negative sense of an argument, when you're soft-spoken and kind, it kind of yeah. <laughs> the, the argument crashes. <laughs> if you raise your voice and uh, oh, it can keep going, you know. But that's why Proverbs, or, uh, Proverbs fifteen one: a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. So when you're kind and you're sensitive, to that generous. Be, to be kind means to be generous. To be considerate. The word Mark used, to consider others better than yourself. It comes from a word meaning serviceable. In other words, it's for the service of somebody. You're doing something intentionally for them. It doesn't mean you're going to get anything in return. You just do it because you want to do it. Okay? It's pleasant, gracious. To, do you know what it means to be pleasant? You know, are you a pleasant person or are you a grump? <laughs> and I think of the, all the, the kids' songs, you know, the, the kids' grandkids taught us, you know, the devil wants everybody grumpy, the devil wants everybody sad or mad, the devil wants everybody grumpy, 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 and he doesn't want anybody glad. <laughs> You ever know people that did what, what they used to say? Man, that guy sucks on a lemon. You know? It's like, be kind, generous, pleasant, 
compassion. It's, it's also a goodness of heart. It's not just even, it's an inward attitude that reveals itself in action. Okay? So in other words, out of the heart proceeds all kinds of stuff. But if you have a, a good heart, when the Lord's in there, it, evil thoughts and all these things aren't going to come out. Garbage in, garbage out. Righteousness in, righteousness out. So what, what's coming out? So are you coming out with righteousness and goodness and kindness? What's the what's this antonym of kindness? I didn't add it to the notes because it's redundant in some ways. Mean. Okay. Unfriendly. Apathetic. Apathetic. You don't care. No. Biblical insights on kindness. Kindness is not deserved. In other words, when you're being kind, it doesn't mean it's deserved. God's kindness is not deserved. In other words, God gives us something. He doesn't give us kindness just when he goes, okay, if you're good enough, I will be kind to you. If you're really good enough, I'll be kind. No, God's kindness is not deserved. And that will be the same for you. Have you ever thought in your head, I, I'm giving them what they get. You know, they're going to get it. Because I'm not going to be this way. And it's like, God's kindness isn't deserved. And we should be the same way. Ephesians 1, 7. Someone read that one. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, and accordance with the riches of God's grace. Can someone tell me what grace means? Undeserved. Undeserved favor. Unmerited favor. Unearned. In other words, they haven't done anything to go... I'm going to give them my goodness. I'm going to give them forgiveness. I'm going to give them uh, the riches. It, it's God's forgiveness by his unmerited favor. So if we think of it from that perspective, when your spouse doesn't deserve it, when I don't deserve it, is Cheryl kind to me? Uh, now I'm not trying to be convicted in any way, Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually the other way around, right? Ephesians 2, 6 and 7. Someone read that for me. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressing his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Are you ready for this? This is amazing, okay? Have you got your seatbelts on? This is incredible. Think about this. And God has, okay, English majors, someone who's good with English, raised us up. What tense is that? That's a past tense verb. It's already done, right? He's already raised us up with Christ and did what? Seated us with him in the heavenly realm. So he has already raised us up. Have we died? No. But from Christ's perspective, from God's perspective, he's already raised us up. We're already seated with him in the heavenly realms. We're already seated with him in that. It's a done deal. It's done. That's positional sanctification. He's already set us apart. Now we're still going through this process, but let me tell you something. You may... Because of at times when you sin and you confess that sin, you're wondering, oh, does God love me? He has already seated you in the heavenly realm. 
Boom. Done. Drop the mic. He's done. It's done. Why? It's already past tense so that when you die, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressing the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He's going to, he's already positionally put us there because one day eventually he's, you're going to see it for yourself. He wants you to know it as a fact. And then one day you're going to see it in reality. So regardless of what may be happening, regardless of all the junk that we have around us, don't be discouraged. Don't quit. God's kindness is amazing. And that's the way he wants to do it for us. How do we live our lives with each other? I want to be kind. It's already done. Why? So that God can show the riches of his grace to them. He wants that have that happen in their life so that they're good. And they, they see this expressed. The kindness of God is given to bring us to repentance. Romans 2.4. Someone read that. Great verse. If you've never memorized this verse, I encourage you to memorize it. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? God's kindness to lead us to repentance. In other words, there's going to be people in your life who will do things like we have to God. And God has seen us. He is, we, have, we have hurt the heart of God. God. We have sinned against God. We have been evil. We were under the wrath of God, but God showed his mercy to us through Christ. But why does he show up? Why does he give us this kindness? Because he wants to lead us to change our mind. In other words, for us in here, you do kindness to somebody else who doesn't deserve it, ultimately to bring them to the place where they will change their mind and have a heart of willingness to love and seek forgiveness. God wants to bring us to himself. So he's intentionally being kind to us even when we don't deserve it, because he wants us to bring us to him. And that's how we have to think through our lives at times. When we go, how should I treat that person? How should I treat my boss, my coworker, my neighbor, the person who's a jerk, the person who's unkind to me, the person who doesn't deserve to be, to receive my kindness and my goodness? Our heart attitude, even though it's challenging, if we want to be Christ, sometimes we do the right thing, but what's the motivation? Because I want to bring them to repentance. What does the scripture tell us when we do good to those who are unkind? We heap what? Yeah. What's that about? It, it's, it's waking them up to the reality of God's goodness and your goodness, and it brings them to God. It's not natural for us to be kind because it's a fruit of the Spirit. We talked about this, but I wanted to make this word a little bit more practical in our daily lives as opposed to just a fruit of the Spirit. Okay, but it is. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit has to live through us kindness. It's not natural for any of us to be kind. I mean, truly kind. We may mimic it, 
We may go, I like that feeling when someone did that to me, so I'm going to do it to them, and I'm going to get something out of this. Sometimes people do kindness because they want kindness in return. It's like giving. Sometimes people give to God because they want him to give to them. If you give me $100, I'll come out and he'll give you $1,000. He'll, he'll multiply it. Hallelujah. And we give out of a motivation to get. Some people do that. They're kind because they want to get something from somebody else. Okay? But God, Holy Spirit, if we're walking in the Spirit, will be kind because that's what we are in the Spirit. Kindness needs to be shown even to our enemies. Someone read Luke. Uh, 6, 27, 28, 33. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. <laughs> See the point? If you do good to only <laughs> those who are good to you, even sinners do that. That's... That's kind of, well, they're good to me, so I'm going to be good to them. That's kind of cool. But when you're good and kind to someone who's not, there's something different about you. I, uh, wow. Why would you do that? Okay? And at that moment, when the person says to you, why would you do that? God has given you a divine moment, an appointment with them to share your faith. At that point then, what we do is we are intentional. We've got to think through this. If someone asks, why would you do that? It's like with the Liberty students who do their sea surrey down. And all the time, people ask them, why would you do this? The question is, what are they going to do with it? i got to do this with my sea surrey. It's a graduation requirement. Well, okay. So in other words, you're doing this for your own personal benefit. Oh, uh, yeah. Most of our students get it, though. They don't have to choose that service. They can do something easier, something else. That's not, you know, that's not connecting with people and, and ministry to people, you know, in, in that kind of way. What? Because God's good to me and I want to be good to others. And you start a spiritual conversation. Why would you do that? And through that, God has gives you an opportunity to share your faith. Yeah. Absolutely. And that should always be our attitude. Do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. Biblical examples of kindness show. Ruth showed kindness to Naomi. Ruth 1, 15-7 says, Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Do, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death is separate, if even death separates you from me. Here's they're both widows. And Naomi now is like, okay, Ruth, go your way. I'm gonna go to my people. Uh, that's, it, it, that's, I'm a widow. <laughs> I, I'm not going to make any money. I can't provide for myself as a widow. 
I'm going to go to my people. You've got to go to your people. Let me, your people take care of yourself. And she goes, no, I'm staying with you. I'm here for you. I'm here to bless you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to support you. Because remember, what does she do? When she gets to Israel, she then goes to the fields to glean so that she can bring home enough flour, grain, for Naomi to eat. She goes into the field for Okay? When, when Ruth does this, okay, so you see that Boaz showed kindness to Ruth. Ruth 2, 11, 12, 15, and 16. Someone read that for me. Long passage. Go for it. Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I you left your father and mother in your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. <clears throat> As she got up to clean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some socks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So if you go back to that story, thank you. It's amazing. Okay? In fact, he says, guys, don't bother her. She's a widow. Don't touch her. Take care of her. In fact, now, at this point, he says, okay, um, not only can she glean, but drop a little something for her. She's been good to Naomi. We're going to be good to her. And if you read the story, Naomi's like, how did you get all this grain? <laughs> She's amazed. I, and you, what you see at times in Scripture is when you are intentionally kind, God's kindness is revealed through others to you. Again, it doesn't always happen that way, but God's blessings typically are overflowing. His riches are amazing to how he takes care of his own. It doesn't always work out that way, but there are so many examples of this shown in Scripture. Joseph showed kindness to his brothers even after they sold him into slavery. Now imagine that one. You're, you're, you're thrown into a pit. They're plotting to kill you. Okay, one point the other was like, mm, no, let's, let's sell him. And they made money off of their brother. He gets taken away into a foreign land. And then you know the story. Quite well. well I'm sure you've read it multiple times. Then Joseph could, even when the brothers have come back now three times, and Joseph could no longer control himself in Genesis 45, 1-11. Before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. They, they, they can hear what's going on. And he is weeping out loud. And they're like, we got to tell Pharaoh what's going on here. I don't know what's happening in this room, but, he, you know, you know. <laughs> Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Can you imagine what those brothers must have felt at that moment? They had been manipulative. They were scared out of their minds. He's going to kill us. We deserve it. I mean, imagine all the things that went through his head. Is my father still living? 
but his brothers were not able to answer because they were terrified of his presence. <laughs> I, I think so. Okay. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt, in case you forgot. <laughs> and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there have been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household. And ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph said. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children, and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. Think about that. God preserved a remnant. And he allowed Joseph to be sold into slavery for that purpose. Is there a divine reason why sometimes you go through junk? Through challenges? Is there a divine reason why you're put through the fire? Is there a divine reason why God allows things to happen in your life that you don't understand right now? Because I'm sure that whole story, there's a lot of confusion. He runs from temptation with, with Pharaoh's, you know, with um, Potiphar's wife. And he ends up in jail. He interprets dreams and does the amazing thing. And the guy forgets him. You know, God, he went through so much. Years, years, not days, years to bring him to the place where he's now in control. God did all of that to bring him to a place where he could save Israel. God allows things out of his kindness. And sometimes we go through challenging things so that we can be kind to others for his purpose. So that God could ultimately be glorified through it. Tabitha, Dorcas, showed kindness to those in need. Someone read Acts 9, 36 to 41. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In the Greek, her name was Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died. And her body was washed and placed in that stairs room. Uh, Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the windows, all the widows stood around him, crying, and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room, then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. And he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. 
Wow. You know, God, again, doesn't always do this. But you see this example of God doing, you know what? I know your heart. He knew Tabitha's heart. The kindness that she showed to others. The things that she made for others. She was a woman of compassion, of kindness, of, of being generous and giving. And God recognized her in her time of need and did the miraculous because of what she had done. Jesus is the ultimate role model of kindness. Titus 3, 3, 5. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He, God showed his kindness toward us. Even when we did not deserve it, we were foolish, disobedient. Now, yes, also remember, we're talking about a time period in which we're not talking about multi-generational followers of Christ. They're, these are people just like you and I, but... They grew up not hearing about the gospel. Okay? And Titus is communicating, most of them grew up in a pagan culture, living like pagans. Okay? And because of that, it's real to them. It's like, I was saved, not like, I got saved at four, got baptized at five, and, I, you know, I, I think the worst thing I done was I took a pencil from school, you know? And it's like, what's going on? In our culture today, a lot of times, young people in particular, don't understand salvation until it's truly tested in middle school, high school, and college. When they are truly tempted by sin and unrighteousness. When they have the, the chance to really be bad. That they don't want to let their parents know about that kind of stuff. And they're doing things that they know are ungodly. And then they have to ask themselves the question. They have to ask themselves the question: Is this really what I believe? Is this really what I want to follow? Am I a follower of Christ, or am I going to do my own thing? At some point in their life, they're going to have to make that choice. Because I believe that faith will persevere. Okay. The the thing I I get concerned at times is when a young person is never challenged. Pray for me on Monday. I've got a young a lady who's coming to see me. She was going to see me on Friday, but had a double booked kind of a thing. She's coming to see me, and she goes, she comes up to me after class on Thursday, and she said, okay, um, I'm a Catholic. I, I come from a Catholic background. I was, you know, Christmas as a baby, you know, all that kind of stuff. I've always believed in God, and I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, but I keep hearing this term called saved. What does that mean? Can I talk to you about this and get this thing settled? Absolutely. Okay? So for her, you know, see, I, I've been good my life, but have we? Have we really been good? You know? Have we always believed? Have we always lived like we're a believer? Is it really real for us? God in his kindness and love appeared to us, and he saved us because of it. He didn't leave us in our sin. 
the character of kindness. Kindness leads to forgiveness and love. Colossians 3, 12 and 14 says, then, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. You, you, thankfully, every one of you have clothes on here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, I, and, and we see that your, your clothes, that's how we see you. And, and Sandy was mentioning earlier, you know, being kind to somebody, maybe walking up and going, that's a nice dress. That's a nice shirt. You know, I, um, I don't recommend going up to a guy and going, nice pants. Um, but nevertheless, <laughs> we, we, we will say things that things do compliment one another. Okay? <laughs> Just trying to keep you awake. Some of you are better nodding or something. You've got to keep you awake here. Okay? We, 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 we sit, we're clothed. Okay? That's what people see. Okay? Is that, you get that? Your clothes are what people notice. Typically. Unless you're a guy, then you got to... Did you see what she was wearing? Uh, no, I don't even know what I was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Clothe yourself with these things. In other words, may people see your compassion, kindness, humility, Gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgave you. We showed that verse earlier. And over all these virtues of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, okay, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So if you truly love someone, you'll be compassionate to them. If you truly love somebody, you'll be kind to them. If you truly love them, you'll, you'll live your life in humility around them. If you truly love people, you'll be gentle and patient and forgiving and loving in what we do. Kindness is an act of unconditional love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patience. Love is kind. It's unconditional. It's agape. Okay? It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's kind. It's unconditionally kind. Showing kindness is an example of godliness. Luke 6.35. Someone read that for me. Love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High. Because it is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Because he is, a, he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. He says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend them without expecting anything to get back. It's like, how can, what? We don't think that way in America. It's a business transaction kind of thing. Okay? He says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Now, again, don't take this to a, a, a realistic extreme, okay? Uh, there may be somebody in the downtown jail, and you go, okay, I, I guess Lou's asking me, here, I'm going to just go write a check and give him everything I got. That's irresponsible to your family, okay? God bless you, but that, that's not wise, okay? But I think what he's talking about is how do you treat people who treat you incorrectly? 
How can we show this type of kindness today? Blessing others without expecting anything in return. Do you, have, do you realize how many times Christians, or we, or Lou, expects something in return when we do something good for somebody else? Can we live a life that just gives without getting back? It's tough. Because that just doesn't seem like a real relationship. But that's what God has called us to. Self-sacrifice for the benefit of others. Because remember, if you truly love God and love people, God, God sees that. He knows your heart. He knows why you're doing it. He knows your motive. And when you self-sacrifice for the benefit of others, God sees that kindness. Giving above and beyond in love. Okay. Give above and beyond in love. What does that look like? What does it mean to truly love someone unconditionally? And as we close out class today, give me a couple other examples. How can we show this type of kindness today? Any other examples before we close with prayer? And I'll keep that in prayer. Yeah. I was thinking with the story of Joseph, when I read like the voices of the martyrs and the Christians that are persecuted and monitored restricted areas all over the world, they're being tortured, but they're still, they're there for a purpose and a reason. And a lot of times the stories you read how the guards or the person leading the prison gets saved, they're still without expecting anything in return and yet God used that to bring people to faith in Christ. Absolutely. And, and, and I'll, I'll close with this one example that I thought is just you know, this is an example of making a mistake and using it as a divine appointment. I talked to a man recently who was arrested. He did something that was uh some would argue it was an accident. Some would say it's uh, maybe a little intentional. Who knows? Okay? But the bottom line, he had to go to jail. And it was right before, uh, you know, they put it up for bond, but it was right before 
uh, Labor Day, and they couldn't let anything happen during Labor Day. They, the, the offices were closed on Labor Day. So he was basically in jail for five days. And a police officer, not in this class, but a police officer, sir, um, said, you know, there's just something weird about this guy. He comes to jail, and he leads his cellmate to the Lord. He made a mistake. He goes to jail. Finds out his cellmate's not a follower of Christ. And over the next couple days, shares the gospel with him and leads him to Christ in jail. <laughs> you know? Even in the midst of going through some stuff that you wouldn't expect, God still uses your unique situation for good. Amazing. So this week, my challenge to me and to you is to look for ways to be kind, to show that to others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray your blessing upon this class and this message and this, your word, which really can really pierce our heart. God, I pray that you would help us to learn to be kind to one another as we deny ourselves and let your Holy Spirit, these fruits of the Spirit, live through us. God, I do pray for Matt and Tabitha's son, Wyatt, and I do pray uh, for his healing. Uh, Lord, I think of also Mark Hines' grandson. Um, Lord, I pray for healing for him as well. Give the doctor's wisdom and skill there as he's uh, struggling with the type of leukemia. Lord, I pray that your, your hand of blessing will be upon each person as we lead. And may we reflect you to all those who we come in contact with. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all. Have a great week. Thanks for being here today.